0: This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Touchdown! Kansas City!
1: Damian Williams runs to immortality!
0: Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com.
1: Addison Patterson. Wow. Sounds like something at a poetry slam, Dave.
0: According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Cup.
1: Jayton Alexander with six, crosses over, drives in, drives to the basket, shot is good!
0: Good! Good and one! Everything happening in the sports world. And the Chiefs Kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. And even some things not happening in the sports world.
2: I've always had trouble with Miami and it's just been, it's kind of chronic and there's just really nothing I can do about it.
0: Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Check
2: Let's do this thing, another edition
1: of According to Jim, right here on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner, joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, and this upcoming week, the most popular man in Emporia, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Are you excited to be the most popular man in Emporia?
2: I don't think that's going to be there, the There case. are a few
1: popular people in Emporia. You've got Coach Doty, men's basketball coach for the Hornets. Right. You've got Dylan Sherwood, who writes for the Salina Journal, but will be there covering. And He's from Emporia. He's pretty popular there. Well, I... Don't You've got my boy Eli. Yeah, I he just, doesn't live there anymore either, so it's up to you. Well, you're I,
2: gonna you're gonna carry that. I don't. That I torch. don't think people in Emporia really care about me, so uh, I think we can just take my name out of the Emporia equation.
1: I don't know. I think that you are up there for most pop. Well, the bus will the bus be in oh, yeah. Emporia this week? Oh, because normally he's like number one or number two most popular man yeah. in Emporia. Yeah, but you're right there with him. I'll give you the credit. And Steve, we're excited to hopefully spend. Multiple days in Emporia this week as the Bullpup Girls are going to the 5A state tournament. It is their 25th time in the last 28 seasons to make the state tournament. The 33rd time in program history. And the 5th consecutive year, but just the 2nd consecutive year, going to Emporia. They won on Saturday night. And I kind of like that weird day of Saturday with not really having anything in the morning. Just mulling around, putting some notes together, doing a couple little things. Yeah sit around, watch some basketball. Oh, yeah, i got to go broadcast the game at 6. <laughs> it was kind of a nice day.
2: Yeah, and it was a late-arriving crowd. i tell you, 10 minutes for tip-off, I wasn't sure there were going to be very many people there, but it turned out to be a, a decent crowd, a loud crowd, appreciative crowd, and the Bullpups. Uh, really, to me, the game played out kind of like I thought it would. Now, I didn't know the, the, the uh, star player for Capon would get into foul trouble because, you know, when we break down games, we don't talk about foul trouble hardly ever. And both teams were in some foul trouble in this game. Yeah. And to me, it came down to the decision of both coaches. Uh, Capen's coach took out his star player with six minutes ago in the second quarter and did not put her in the rest of the half. McPherson was in foul trouble with Grace Pyle and Cassie Cooks. But Coach Strathman did a little creative subbing at times, and both players stayed on the court. And when the, the Capon star was out of the game, it really made a big difference because I think the Bullpups had something like a what did what I figure out, 22-5 to five advantage yeah. when she was not in the game and the final margin was 17, and that's what that 22-5 to five advantage was when she wasn't on the floor.
1: It was a fun night of basketball, and these McPherson girls, like we've said all year, we had a very good feeling that they could be at the state tournament again. We had a very good feeling after they got through the month of December and early part of January that they could be the number 1 seed. But to have everything in this season go... As wrong as it did, and to still be the number one seed at the state tournament, still be 21 and 1 with the injuries they have sustained, with the sickness they have had to overcome, with the coronavirus hanging over everybody, oh. and, and the amount of different starting lineups they've had to use this year to be 21 and 1 and the number one seed at state is one heck of an accomplishment for this team.
2: Oh, it really is, and it's been different people stepping up. Uh, the thing, you know, the starting five. Uh, they've got so much experience. And, you know, they just... Now? Yeah. yeah. In December,
1: it did but not. But I'm saying
2: the starting five now has got so much experience. You look at, you know, Sheeprick and Cooks, this is their four-state tournament. The other three starters, this is their third-state tournament. The Bullpups, what separates them, I think, from a lot of teams is they have a weapon at every position. Other teams have players that just don't score. But on any given night... Uh, the starters for the bull any one of the five could go for 15 or 20.
1: You're right. And we're excited to be able to see this team go to Emporia, but we talked about it as well on, on Saturday night, Steve, saying, of course, getting to the state tournament is a great goal. And for any program, it, you hit your goal, you make it to state, and it's a weekend to be excited about. And for this McPherson program, their goal is always to be playing on the final Saturday whether that means they are playing in the third-place game or a state championship game. they Their goal every year is to win the first game at state and be able to be there for the weekend. And last year, this team accomplished that goal, but they played in the early game right. on Saturday. And you and I got the feeling, walking out of Emporia last year, that this team kind of left feeling like they got kicked in the stomach by having to walk away with a fourth-place finish. And most programs... A fourth-place finish is, is the best pro, best finish in program history. You were excited about it. But this girls' team, I really have felt all year long, has been trying to get back to that same position in a state semifinal to be able to win this year and have their chance to make it two state championships in three years. And we're not going to say they fell short last year, but I think in their mind, they fell short of where they wanted to be. Yeah. And I think this year they want to make
2: some things up yeah you know they lost to Aquinas uh didn't lose it was a pretty close game the bullpups did not shoot the ball well at all Aquinas had you know a size advantage uh their big post freshman post player I think she was a freshman last year is that correct you're correct uh you know really kind of now a sophomore yeah went to town in the second half and then I think the third place game what was really disappointing the bullpups I believe if I recall they had 40 points at halftime. They were up double digits yeah. and let that lead get away. And that was just a really – that left a bad taste in their mouth. I think they could have lived with third place, you know, having one third. But when they left with fourth place, you could tell they, they were not happy when they left on Saturday. And they have used that as fuel, you know, to drive the fire in this team this year. And it's just a team to me that's played with a lot of confidence all year. When things are going bad, it doesn't panic. And uh, again, that's that veteran leadership on this team.
1: Well, Steve, I usually take several moments to talk about uh, that people maybe here sometimes forget about how cool these two basketball programs are and how historically good these two basketball teams are. So when it comes to the McPherson girls, I mentioned 25 of the last 28 seasons, the McPherson girls basketball team has been at the state tournament, which is an unbelievable number. They are second all time in state tournament appearances with 33, behind only Bishop Miege, who has 37. They are second all time in final fours with 22, behind Bishop Miege. They are second all time in state championship game appearances with 15, behind. You guessed it. Nine state championships, a chance this weekend to make it number 10. That is only second behind. You guessed it. And then they have 49 state tournament wins. Second all-time behind. Miege. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So if you are number two to the machine of Bishop Miage, you're doing some things right. That's right. Now, St. Thomas Aquinas, the interesting thing about this weekend, is Aquinas is getting closer and closer every single year. St. Thomas Aquinas is the four-time defending 5A state champions. They have won eight now, which has put them into their own category at number three. So Aquinas has eight state championships. McPherson has nine, and Miege has twenty-one. But yeah. <laughs> they are trying to McPherson now trying to fend off the Saint Thomas Aquinas team that has made it to state in unbelievable twenty-six consecutive seasons, twenty-six in a row. Do you know how hard that is? Well, do you know how hard that is that's, to that's do?
2: That's a lot of sub-state championship games to survive, and and really in a lot of those, I'm, I'm I would be willing to bet. They weren't challenged in uh, ha- at least half of those. They probably dominated. I didn't see their score on uh, Saturday. But well, they I'm,
1: killed both of their sub state opponents. Yeah, they
2: just yeah they destroyed whoever was in their path. But uh, you know, all year it's really been regarded. McPherson and Aquinas have been the two best teams. They nothing away from Andover Central. You know they gave they took the bullpups in overtime, right, in game two. But remember, McPherson was missing you know several players that game. But McPherson and Aquinas have been of as the top two teams, they're on the same side of the bracket, which a lot of people are going to say, the real championship game, if both teams make it to Friday, the real championship game is going to be Friday. And that's kind of what we thought last year. And really, to me, it kind of was. Because, it was. Because really, uh, Aquinas didn't have a whole lot of trouble in the championship game after the Bullpups had pushed him pretty hard in the semifinals. So uh, it, the nice thing was, I think there was only one team that we thought would make it did not make it. And I believe that was Bishop Carroll. We thought Bishop Carroll would make it, although we knew it would be tough for him to make it, but they did not make it. And uh you got the best of the best there, so you don't have any of those, you know, 9 and 13 teams or 7 and 14 teams. No long shots came in. It's the worst team is 16 and 6. That tells you You know, the best teams did get in. And there
1: are three teams that are sixteen and six. McPherson will play one of them in the one versus eight game on at three o'clock on Thursday. They'll play Baser Linwood, a team that we got to see in January as they were playing two games ahead of the Bullpup Girls when they played Piper that night. So we've seen this team. Coach Strathman has seen this team. There's another sixteen and six team that is DeSoto. Who beat Lansing in their substate final. DeSoto is a little bit of an unknown. We don't yeah. we don't know a lot about them. Yeah. Coach Strathman doesn't know a lot about them. And then the other 16-6 team 16 16 is Mays. And I think Mays is coming on strong. I think they will be a very tough opponent. And then Topeka Seaman, who has been pretty much regarded as the number two team in the East all year. They're the number three seed. They're 19-3. And, and then, of course, St. Thomas Aquinas and Mays South, the four and the five. And in that matchup, whoever wins would play McPherson. If they won, I've got an interesting stat for you, Steve. Okay. So when do you think was the last time that McPherson or St. Thomas Aquinas was not in a girls' basketball state tournament?
2: 2015.
1: That wasn't a very good guess. Okay. Con-
2: we, didn't, we didn't make it in 2015.
1: The last time that McPherson or oh, St. When Thomas when Aquinas— Oh, neither one of them made a state correct. tournament.
2: Oh, I'd have to go back to the 80s, probably about 1988 or 87, I'll say. How about
1: 1992?
2: Okay, close enough.
1: That's a long time. That is a long time.
2: <laughs> a How long about time.
1: the last time that McPherson, Aquinas, or Bishop Meage did not make it to the state tournament?
2: It'd have to be about 1975, I would say.
1: 1987. Okay. And I don't think Aquinas was a school yet. Okay. So it's pretty unbelievable what this McPherson Girls program has been able to do. And I want people to remember that. I want people to be appreciative of how great it is because there are a lot of towns within one hour of here that would die for that. You bet. (laughs) That that they would kill for it. Yeah. And I just want people to remember how special this is that they get to go to Emporia, have the week. Like we said on Saturday night, last person out of town on Thursday. Well, they don't have to turn the lights out, but maybe just turn off the traffic lights. Yeah,
2: because... You can get home before it is even dark, probably.
1: Thanks to daylight saving time. Daylight saving
2: time because, you know, people aren't like us. A lot of people leave pretty much, you know, we play at 3 o'clock. They're on the road by 445. They're home by 615. But, you know, we, we don't quite leave right after the game. But a lot of people are going to be home, bar- you know, almost in time for supper. That's how early we're playing. And uh, uh, the 3 o'clock game is very difficult to me because there's just not the atmosphere in the arena. Even though we'll have a good crowd, it's just not the same as a nighttime crowd. But it, honestly, the 3 o'clock game generally goes to the number one seed, and I think they, they do that because they feel like they get a few more hours rest, and they deserve the extra rest because by being the number one seed, they deserve every advantage they can get. So, but 3 o'clock games are very difficult to play.
1: And we're hoping that a great McPherson crowd will make its way over to Emporia. It's not a very far trip. And take and,
2: nothing for granted in the first round. That's why I think you need to go.
1: And the thing that is really cool about Emporia at White Auditorium is that it is loud. Yeah. And if there are more and more people, then it will get really loud. It is a loud, it old auditorium. Deafening,
2: especially, you know, we saw all the games last year. We were up there for the boys' tournament, and it was deafening. I mean, that championship game... On the boys, uh, it was absolutely deafening. Uh, just, It just really it, it, it gave you a headache almost it was so loud.
1: All right, Steve, we're looking forward to a fun week. State tournament week for basketball is always one of my favorites. You get that little extra pep in your step. You're feeling good, and we have all the preparations taken care of to get ready to Emporia. We're excited to be broadcasting over there. It's going to be a fun week, hopefully, yeah. hopefully a fun week.
2: Yeah, we want, to, we want to go three days in a row. Uh, I don't really, I wouldn't know what to do if we weren't playing in a state semi on Friday night. It just doesn't seem normal.
1: You know, the last time that both McPherson teams didn't make the state tournament was? I want to say 87. How about 2009, when neither team made it?
2: Okay. I think 87 was the time before that, though. Maybe.
1: It wouldn't have been, that would have been about the only opportunity for it. Right. So it is in a pretty unbelievable streak that, what, two or three times in the last 40 years where you have not had a state tournament to cover?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, and I don't even remember what I did in those years we didn't make it. I, I bet you I, did I, nothing. I think no, I went to some area. I'm, I'm sure I covered an area of school.
1: That sounds like a bad plan. plan. Just sit back, kick your feet up. <laughs> Hopefully you don't have to worry about that this weekend. I hope not. All right, Steve, let's take our first break. When we come back, Big 12 Conference Tournament. It's coming up this week. They have announced all of the Player of the Year, Coach of the Year awards, KU, of course, the outright winner. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or online at midkansasonline.com.
1: Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Steve Sell, your Kansas Jayhawks. Do you feel like everything is back and correct in the world after they had their really, really rough one-year run of not being Big 12 champions? Do you, do you think everything's back to the way the world should be?
2: Yeah, I mean, normalcy's returned uh, if you're a Jayhawk fan. And 17-1, and that's pretty impressive. And uh, the thing is, the Big 12 was down this year. That kind of contributed to that 17-1 and record a little bit. But you Oh, know, you think? But uh, Kansas, when push came to shove, they got the job done. They they win a lot of really tough games, and I think that's what really bodes well come tournament time. There's a lot of games this year where they've been tied or behind with under five minutes to go and have found a way to win. So real good win on uh, Saturday down at Lubbock, and uh, they go in as the number one seed now. As far as winning the tournament, I don't think it matters. They have they don't really have anything to play for. They know they're going to be you know one of the top four seeds. at the only thing it might do if they don't win the tournament is knock them out of the number one spot. And, but, you know, Baylor lost two of three. I don't know if Baylor's assured of being a number one. San Diego State, I know, lost uh, over the weekend. I'm, they're not sure of being, a, you know, a number one seed. So it's really, uh, it's kind of jumbled up. But uh, the Jayhawks, uh, interesting year for them, especially when you figure all the distractions around the program, with the big sanctions that may come down after the season and the fight with K-State. It was really kind of a trying year for him. even though they're 28-3. and 3.
1: It was a really weird year. Were you fine with all of these selections for the Big 12 accolades for player of the year?
2: I really didn't see him. I, I hadn't okay, checked then. it out.
1: Well, I'll tell you. Okay. Yudoka Azabuki, he was the player of the year from the Big 12.
2: That doesn't surprise me the way he finished the year.
1: Are you okay with that? I'm
2: okay with that.
1: Anything else to add?
2: Uh, Dotson could have easily been there too, but, uh, I think Dotson knows his success is attributed to the big guy. And if the big guy doesn't get rebounds and, you know, stuff shots and, you know, throw in those alley loop or dunk those alley loop passes, Dotson isn't as successful as he is. So as a bookie, I thought should have been the, been the guy.
1: Defensive player of the year. Well, that's Marcus, Marcus Garrett. That, Are you fine with that?
2: That, that goes without saying. I mean, Marcus Garrett is as good defender as KU has ever had.
1: Davion Mitchell, Baylor, Newcomer of the Year.
2: Um, good player. Um, you know, he shoots the ball well, plays very hard, so no problem there.
1: Jamias Ramsey, Texas Tech, Freshman of the Year.
2: Very impressive player. Um, you know, he uh, could really shoot the three-pointer. Texas Tech uh, was an interesting team this year. They had a, a mix of freshmen and then grad transfers um, and
1: Italian guys Yeah, yeah Algerian guys Yeah, they had Australian They had guys, guys from like
2: Seven different countries Or something on their team But, uh, you know Texas Tech's gonna be dangerous For somebody in the tournament
1: Devontae Bandu Former Hutch Blue Dragon Right Sixth man award
2: Well, when you get down To sixth man I don't really pay attention To who the sixth guys are If you asked me Who the sixth man was On every team I wouldn't Probably know Two of them
1: Bryce Drew Coach of the year Or excuse Or Scott Drew
2: I don't have a problem with that because Baylor, you know, Baylor overachieved, I thought.
1: Bryce Drew was certainly not the coach of the year. No,
2: no, but Scott Drew, uh, you know, Bill Self did what KU's supposed to do. They won the Big 12. And I'm always, when I see coach of the year, it's kind of like the KCAC this year. I thought Coach Eskelson had a great chance at coach of the year, but uh, went to Aaron Sieventhal of Ottawa, which I had no problem with. But I always look at the team that did, when you say coach of the year, the, the one team that did more than was expected, and I just felt like Baylor did more than what they were expected. Okay, we're fine
1: with that. When it comes down to the breakdown of the Big 12 standings and what's going to happen for the conference tournament, any of those matches stand out to you in terms of game number one, Kansas will either play Oklahoma State or Iowa State, Baylor either TCU or K-State, you've got Oklahoma and West Virginia in the 3-6, 4-5 is Texas against Texas Tech, Anything stand out to you any teams you think need to win this week?
2: Uh I think I think Texas needs to win one, but if they're playing Texas Tech, I think I think Texas Tech's going to make a, a serious run in this tournament. Are they on the opposite side of the Jayhawks? No, that would be the same side. Okay. Four or five. So, but it wouldn't surprise me if KU loses to Texas Tech in the semis. It really wouldn't bother, I mean it wouldn't wouldn't bother me because KU just doesn't have anything to play for. Would you rather them lose? No, I'd like to see him win the tournament. I think you want to be playing – they've won, what, 16 in a row right now or something like that or 14 in a row. You want to just keep on – you want that momentum going. You want that confidence going. KU's playing with a lot of confidence right now, even though it's a kind of a strange team. Three guys have really carried that team this year. We talked about Azabuki and Dotson and, of course, Garrett. Those three have carried that team a long way because when you look at their other guys, Abaji kind of been – up and down, um, Christian Brown has been a Christian nice Brown's piece been for him. okay. I'm, I'm, he was on the
1: freshman team. And
2: David McCormick, he's been really up and down. And who's the starter? I'm leaving a starter out. I can't remember. I'm, I've drawn a blank on the other KU starter, but uh, Abaji, and then the three good guys, and then who's the fifth starter? Have you drawn a blank too, yeah, I, I have. I keep uh,
1: thinking it's Christian Brown. Oh, Isaiah Moss. Oh yeah, Moss. Transfer. Yeah,
2: Isaiah. Well, and Christian Brown and Isaiah Moss. Kind of been sharing that. Isaiah Moss, uh, you know, his percentage looks good, but he has been so streaky. They really need for him to be hot in the postseason. So
1: how many teams do you think the Big 12 gets in? Right now, Joey Brackets says six. Going into the week,
2: I he has Texas in. I think if they get six, that six is going to be like a – they're going to be one of the really low ones, like an 11 or a a 12. So
1: Maybe a play-in game type of team. Maybe a play-in
2: game. You know, type thing. Uh, We know Iowa State's not going to be there, I don't think. K-State's not going to be there. Oklahoma State's not going to be there. But uh, West Virginia, there's another team. Look, Don't sleep on them. They're playing really well right now. Joey Brackets
1: has them in. Yeah. Without any problems. Yeah, they should be. And Joey Brackets knows all, even though they're the number six team in the conference. Yeah. In a bad conference. In a bad conference. Well, I I can't say that because the Big 12 is just fine with some of the other conferences. In terms of this year, at a normal year, I think it's still pretty weak. The yeah. Big Ten, Joey Brackett says 10 are getting in. Really? Yeah.
2: Wow. Well, those teams, it seemed like all year they just took turns beating each other. They did. You had a lot of 9-9 nine and nine and 10-8 and eight and... And you know, in
1: the Big 12, every team just took their turn getting beat by Kansas and Baylor. That's right. The that's... standings this year in the Big 12
2: are insane.
1: It, it is one of the weirdest years that I can remember for that conference in a 10 team league for it to look like it does this year. So you have KU and Baylor, 17 and 1 and 15 and 3, and then four 9 and 9 teams wow. that just exchanged beating each other, 2 7 and 11 teams, 1 5 and 13, and 1 3 and 15. Such a weird, weird year well, for the Big 12, but just college basketball and a in great general.
2: Th- a great day for K-State on Saturday, though. Xavier Sneed goes for 31-26 in the first half. Uh, it's nice to see them close out with a win. So, you know, at least that gives them a little momentum. And who is it they play in the first round? O-State?
1: I just closed it.
2: Okay. I they wanna... play
1: TCU. T-
2: now, see, I think that's a winnable game. I really do. But, again, Kansas State's got to be able to score, and that's been their big problem all year.
1: All right, Steve, let's take our final break. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson,
1: Steve Sell, I can't really see you. You moved your face behind this piece of paper. I'm here. There you are. There I, I, I lost you for a minute. I'm, you were just well, you were hiding I'm right there. I'm lost
2: all the time anyway.
1: So. Well, Steve, are you excited for this week? What things do you have to get done before Thursday?
2: Well, I'm working on the uh, Spring Sports Magazine. Oh, that's right. Because we've got Spring Sports are practicing. They've been going for, what, this is the second week or third week of practice? Second pra- week. Second week of practice for the uh, Spring Sports. And uh, so far, I've got several stories done. Working on the girls soccer story this afternoon. Coach Adrian got his information in. It's going to be another great year for Bullpup girls soccer, and got Coach Gersner's baseball stuff in. Uh, really young team for them. Be interesting to see how they. It's do. A bad
1: baseball day today.
2: Bad baseball day. They're going to be indoors today, but um, you know I've got most of those um, received and doing a lot of area ones. So got a lot to do.
1: Let's not forget the other team that'll be playing at the state tournament this week, Steve. That's right. The Little River Redskin boys. And Coach Roger Trimmel, That's Assistant right. Coach Roger Trimble, Assistant
2: Coach Roger Trimmel, the father of dog ball.
1: After their big win at Riley County on Saturday night, he texted me and said, hey, big win, we're going to state in Dodge City. And the first question is, where's it? Where, where's the best place to eat? Where, where are you going to go get that food? <laughs> Well, I'm sure
2: Roger will tell Wayne Morrow, the head coach. Of course, wayne, Wayne's wayne been around the block a long time, too. And, and uh, what a great story that is. Wayne Morrow had basically given up coaching. He'd gotten out of coaching and – then the Little River job opened up. I think Wayne hadn't coached for like eight years. You know, Wayne used to be at Newton and Valley Center and and Madison had a lot of great success, but had gotten out of it and uh, steps into Little River and the Redskins uh, are are gonna. I think they're like the number two seed, if you're I'm not, correct, if I'm not mistaken. So you're not uh, mistaken, and, and they're on the same side of the bracket with the Cowboy Clint Kenneman, St. John, so St. John Tigers so and, so if, and the Little if, River Redskins. If, if Little River and St. John both win. Coach Morrow and Coach Trimble get to go up against the Cowboy.
1: That's right. All right, Steve, enjoy your week. Should be great. Keep people posted at midkansasonline.com. You bet. Hopefully we get
2: more than 120 people that go on there this week. Well, we were over almost 25,000 last week, so I think there were more than 120 that checked it out. I got faith in you. Yeah.
1: Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow